Okay, we're live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest, a returning guest. His name is Bart Sibrell. His last name is spelled S-I-B-R-E-L. And last year in 2022, in March, we discussed his excellent book. Title of the book, full title, is Moon Man, the true story of a filmmaker on the CIA hit list. And when I talked to him last year, I hadn't I haven't followed up for a year, but it has over 500 five-star reviews on Amazon right now, so people can check it out there. And also his website is his last name. So it's Sibrel.com. And he's updated the website. It looks fantastic since I last saw it. I mean, it was great before, but he's put in a lot more information there than I've seen before. But I will put a link to our old interview if you want to check that out before listening to this. Or you can listen to this and go back and see our, our interview from 2022. But he followed. He reached out to me and uh, said he has some new updated information. So uh i was i'm delighted to have him back so he's uh in the philippines right now so bart sibrell welcome back to the show well thank you william how's it going it's going good it's going good even better now that i get to talk to you again i mean maybe for people who didn't listen to listen to our last interview can you talk about your kind of moon investigation the success of moon man and then what led you to or how you came across new information regarding your uh your studies into the moon landing, so-called moon landing. Sure. You know, I didn't really consider whether the book would be successful or not. Uh, I just wanted to, for the historical record, uh, tell the full story of what went on in my investigation. The first film that I made, I'm a filmmaker. I've been a filmmaker for almost 40 years now. Uh, that film is called The Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon. You can go to my last name, Sabrell, S as in Sam, I, B as in boy, R-E-L, Sabrell.com, and see the movie for free that cost about a million dollars. I was given a million dollars by a board member of an aerospace company who builds rockets for NASA who knows that the moon missions are fake. And he thought it was his patriotic duty to expose this. So he gave me a million dollars to do that. The film took seven years to produce, and I was producing it under the theory it might be true that they faked it. And then three and a half years into the seven-year project, I stumble upon classified footage of fake photography from the first moon mission. And then that day, I am followed by a presumably a CIA agent from church that Wednesday evening, and they disable my car. They literally are chasing me on foot. I frantically hire a cab and drive, you know, at midnight to six in the morning to Atlanta, Georgia, to give the tape to a colleague at CNN. And the police uh, surround me uh, and prevent me from doing that. These are, of course, police on the CIA payroll who have comp blanche with the, you know, having a uniform in a cop car. And uh, then I, you know, I say, am I free to go? And they say yes. And so I run around the back door to CNN. I'm surrounded by motorcycle police and unmarked cars. And they actually kidnap me, drug me with truth serum, uh, ask me a series of questions that I don't even remember what they were, but kind of like, where's the tape? Where's the original? Who has the copies and things like that? Uh, it was a pretty strong drug. Uh, I was vomiting and then I was in loopy la la land. So the idea that you have to torture somebody to get information out of him, just not true. Uh, you can give them true serum or write him a check for a billion dollars. right? And they'll tell you whatever you want to know. And uh, I actually escaped their custody and I made my way back to Nashville. I peed in a cup and I said, I got him. You know, I got proof, chemical proof that I was drugged by this exotic drug that only the CIA would have. And when I gave it to a friend, my urine sample to take to a lab in his name, not mine, thinking I could out with the CIA, after a few days go by and we meet again, he says, well, there was a problem at the lab. And I'm like, oh, uh, what problem? He says, well, they had a break in over the weekend. And I'm like, yeah, so what? He says, well, funny thing. The only thing stolen was your urine sample. So these things I've never talked about publicly, and I put in the book for the first time, 
Moon Man, the true story of a filmmaker on the CIA hit list. And it's called that not only because I was kidnapped and drugged by the CIA. When we showed this classified footage to uh, one of the astronauts in his home on a TV monitor and filmed his reaction to it, he started cursing, turned beet red, literally assaulted me with my back to him. And in all that commotion, I left accidentally a wireless microphone on him. And in the commotion, my cameraman did not stop recording. The astronaut and his son are in the privacy of their home with the door closed. We're recording their private conversations on the audio of the tape in the camera and the backseat of the rental car that's still recording. And months later, when the film secretary does the transcript, she discovers that they're literally discussing calling the CIA to have me assassinated. Now, why would that be necessary if they really went to the moon and I'm some silly person who thinks otherwise? So the book goes into great detail about this. And there's even more. I mean, there was stuff that I was asked not to put in my film because it was true including the homicide of three Apollo astronauts that I was told by their relatives that they have forensic evidence that they were murdered by the CIA because they would not participate in corruption, the corruption of the moon landing fraud. That's not my opinion. It's the opinion of dead Apollo astronauts' relatives who would have walked on the moon. So that's in the book. And then... One of the links there, if you see the bottom left link there on the screen, the one with the gentleman with the military hat on, this gentleman uh, was at Cannon Air Force Base. This is his son giving a testimony, but his father, whose picture was there, was uh, at Cannon Air Force Base in June of 1968 and personally eyewitnessed the moon landing fraud being filmed inside of a large airplane hangar in Clovis, New Mexico. And on his deathbed, he wanted to confess that he participated in the faking of the moon landing. And in the book, just like I, I mentioned the astronaut's homicide in the book, but not the film, since we recorded our interview just about a year ago, this gentleman has died. And I'm able to disclose his father's actual name, which is Cyrus Eugene Akers. And another fact that I did not disclose in the book, but knew about, because this guy, his son, didn't want to deal with the publicity associated with it. The real confession that his father made that was more important to him was that he murdered a co-worker to keep it a secret. And he mentioned that the reason why he murdered him is because he was going to go to the media and tell of the fake moon landing being filmed at his base because he thought it was morally wrong. And so as the chief of security at Cannon Air Force Base, Cyrus Eugene Akers either was ordered to or took it upon himself to kill this person. And that's what he really confessed on his deathbed. And then he went on to say, and the reason why he killed them was to cover up the fake moon landing. So all of this is in my book, which you can get at sabrell.com on audio. I read it myself or Kindle or print. And it's this incredible backstory of the production of a funny thing happened on the way to the moon, which shows the classified footage of the fraud, which you can see for free at sabrell.com and astronauts gone wild. The infamous film in which I get punched by Buzz Aldrin because I challenged him about the moon landing fraud and exposed it in front of his entourage and embarrassed him. And uh, so I thought, well, I want to move on to feature filmmaking. So let me just write a book, tell my full story, including things I've never told publicly, like my encounters with the CIA. And I can, anyone who wants to read it, whether you know I'm in this world or not, can, can see what really went on. When you realize that, unfortunately, the moon landing fraud is absolutely true, they really did not go. And there's so many proofs that would prove it in a court of law, multiple proofs. You realize that this is pretty important. It's actually more important than if they had actually gone. I mean, if you could look at, you know, the A scenario, they planted a flag on the nearest rock and came back, whoop-de-doo, 
or they lied about it. They murdered people to keep it a secret. They embezzled money. They lied to university encyclopedia. That's actually more significant than if they'd actually gone. And when you realize that is what happened, you realize there's this great truth of the corruption of the federal government that needs to be known. Otherwise, they're just going to keep on doing it. That's why Orwell said whoever controls the past controls the future. Because as long as the corrupt federal government is saying in the past the moon missions are real when they're not, those criminals will control our future. Right. And they've gotten away with other things, too. It wasn't just the moon landing. Like, that was really a hard step for me to believe. But, yeah, I don't think they went to the moon at all. I think that it's, uh, it's a huge production, right? It was like a Manhattan project of that time was to fake it, right? So they had all the money and wherewithal to do all that, right? Yeah. It, it, I think it was a lot less complicated than building the first atomic bomb. When something's never been done before, and you know, it's, it's difficult. Uh, movies had been made before, <laughs> you know, make, making a film about going to the moon had been done before and TV studio and lighting and lying and using propaganda, all that had been done before. Now it was risky and they had to play trickery with the radio signals. They had launched probes around the moon and in Earth orbit to simulate transmissions coming from the moon. But it's in a lot of ways, it's easy. It's not like World War II happened on Earth in front of millions of eyewitnesses. This is allegedly on the moon with only three eyewitnesses and no independent press coverage. So it's actually much easier to fake than people realize. And people wanted to believe it and, I suppose, had no reason to doubt uh, that the government would do such an audacious thing. A lot of times I hear from people, the number one reason why they believe the moon missions must be real is that the American government wouldn't lie about such an important thing. Well, you know, Robert McNamara, defense secretary during the Vietnam War, said something on his deathbed to get off of his chest. Now, prior to December 6, 1941, 90% of Americans were against entering World War II. They said that's their business we're not going to kill soldiers like we did 20 years ago in World War One. We're going to, you know, mind our own business. So they pretty much let Pearl Harbor happen or provoked it to happening. And then one day later, 90 percent of Americans are mad and want to enter World War Two. I think this balloon thing has something like that. It's a psychological tactic. It's amazing. All the alternative media people know the news media lies all the time. And yet they believe the balloon thing. You know, we need, to, we, we need to think about that one. And so there was a Pearl Harbor incident about the Vietnam War, and it was called the Gulf of Tonkin incident. And even Wikipedia admits what I'm about to tell you. Until that incident, American, you know, they were against entering the war. And then they staged a Pearl Harbor event. They basically claimed that a North Vietnamese ship attacked a U.S. ship and killed American soldiers. Robert McNamara on his deathbed confessed that he and the CIA just made that up. It never happened. So that led to the death of 3 million people, including 58,220 Americans. So if they're willing to kill 58,220 of their own citizens without cause, I think they're willing to fake an image on a television. And according to Betty Grissom, who I interviewed for four hours, and her son, Scott Grissom, who I interviewed for three hours, who's a 747 pilot, so I think he's a smart guy, they both say with 100% certainty that the crew that would have been the first crew on the moon, Apollo 1, was murdered by the CIA because Virgil Grissom came home on January 26, 1967, and told Betty, who told me, for some strange reason, the CIA is all over the launch pad in Florida. I wonder why. Never been here before. Why did they show up? And then the next day, he's dead. What a surprise. Because he wouldn't cooperate with the moon landing fraud. And so they're murdering their own people. And that's that's really the issue here, because if they faked the moon landing and never killed anybody, you know, William, you might almost respect their cleverness, even though you might disagree with it. 
you know, somebody robs a bank and digs a tunnel and goes into the safe and gets the gold, you kind of, you know, have a little respect for their ingenuity. Uh, but they did kill people to cover it up. And the first document of our country, the Declaration of Independence, says in the first paragraph, when any government becomes destructive of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it. Well, life. They murdered these three people were seen on the screen. Not my opinion, the opinion of the dead man's son and widow. They were murdered by the CIA with our tax dollars. Our federal government has become destructive of the life of the people under their care. They're supposed to be our servants and they're our masters. Do you realize during slavery, if your slave did something wrong in your mind, you could execute them and no penalty. You could chop off their arm. You could chop off their leg. No penalty. They burned these men alive and called it an accident. Imagine that. This is, this is our federal government. They murdered their own president. Not my opinion. That's the opinion of the dead man's nephew, Bobby Kennedy Jr., that John Kennedy was murdered by the CIA because he was going to close them down for being so criminal. Right? Now, talk about election interference when a federal agency, the CIA, kills their own president because he's going to shut down the CIA. That's election interference, and it's not from Russia or China. So when people in the military take an oath to defend not an individual president, but the Bible Constitution of the United States, they say they will defend it against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Half the, the most of the traitors, the most of the uh, harm, the most enemies of America are Americans in the federal government in high places running the government like a criminal cartel. These people are gangsters, and they don't allow anyone to ascend to the presidency unless it's an accident or they, you know, change their mind and try and try to do what is right. Just ask Bernie Sanders or Ron Paul. If they can ascend to the top, they can't. That's why they have these, quote, political parties to make sure that does not happen. Why it is not illegal for Bernie Sanders to get more votes and Clinton to get more delegates, I don't know. They claim that's not illegal because the Democratic Party and Republican Party are private clubs. But when it's a step toward the presidency of the United States and one person gets more votes but the other person wins, I call that illegal. And then the guy who points that out is investigated by the FBI rather than the corruption that he exposed. And then CBS has the audacity in one evening to have at 7 p.m. a propaganda program talking about how great the FBI is, another one at 8 p.m., and another one at 9 p.m. That's going on right now, you know, to, to for cover for the corrupt leadership, not the rank and file, the corrupt leadership in the FBI. The last chapter of my book, Moon Man at Sabrell.com, is called, Well, What to Do About This Mess? Well, first of all, the president should not be allowed to appoint leaders of, of the de uh, departments in the government, Justice Department, FBI, FDA. Those should be uh, elected from within. I mean, the rank and file of the FBI knows who's honorable and who's not. So if we have a corrupt president, they're just going to appoint corrupt people all over these departments. There was a deputy director, you may know of him, He actually the director of the FBI in Los Angeles. He said the FBI is a cesspool of Illuminati corrupt people. And when he wants to investigate a corrupt senator who's on their payroll, they tell him if he does that, he'll be fired you know, because that presidential appointee is corrupt and appointed by a corrupt president. So that shouldn't happen. And then elected officials shouldn't even be elected. They should be chosen at lottery. I mean, if we can choose by lottery to decide whether someone is executed or not for a murder, I think we can pick people by lottery to decide whether or not to put GM contains GMOs on a bottle of ketchup. Because 90% of Americans wanted to know whether what they were ingesting contained genetically modified organisms. And I believe Congress and Senate passed it and the president vetoed it, even though 90% of Americans wow. wanted GMO labeling. 
That's not a democracy. A democracy is when 51% have their way. If 90% can't have their way, that's a that's a, not a democracy. It's a dictatorship. And don't think, don't think that Congress and the Senate voted to fake the moon landing. I wonder if we should fake the moon landing. Okay, it's, you know, 254 and 125 against. No, whoever did it, they just did it anyway. So voting for your officials is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Right. They probably, Congress, I mean, was probably tricked just like the American public, right? They probably Absolutely. didn't even think that anything screwy was going on, is my guess. Yeah. I mean, there was a guy at command center in the heart of Houston during the launch of the first alleged mission to the moon. And he said afterwards, I can tell no difference whatsoever between a rehearsal landing and an alleged real landing. It's just mm-hmm. a bunch of numbers on a TV screen. It's all for show. You know, during the actual launch, everybody in the command center was kicked back to doing nothing, watching television like everybody else. And if they can't tell, you know, someone in command center, whether it's real or not, how is somebody watching it on television at home going to be able to tell? There's only three eyewitnesses, right? And a TV picture is proof. (laughs) <laughs> you know, right, and right. so it's actually pretty easy to get away with. I bet they were surprised that they got away with it so easily. They didn't know that at first. And I believe that's why Johnson didn't run for reelection when he was eligible. The Democratic Party was just so dumbfounded that he would not run for reelection because he knew the faking of the moon landing was going to be in the next term. And who knew that would work? What if he got caught? And then Nixon, you see, it's not red or blue because Blue uh, Johnson approved it. He was there June 1st, the first day of filming. Cyrus Eugene Akers was given a list of 15 people who were there at the time, who were allowed in to observe it. President Johnson gave him that list. I published it in my book. Some of these people are still alive who were there at the faking of the moon landing. That was done by a Democratic president. Then Republican President Nixon knew they were not on the moon, and that's why he doesn't even show up for the launch. He could have said, no, we're not going to do this. He says, no way. That is not going to happen during my presidency. We're going to tell the truth that we can't go. But he approved it. So we have red Republican and blue Democrat both conspiring to steal money from the American taxpayer to deceive them and to murder people who try to expose it. It's not about red or blue. They want us fighting each other so we don't go after them. Nixon doesn't even show up for the launch. Can you imagine that? You're president of the United States. The entire world is watching. France, South America, Asia, Africa, Canada, Mexico. Everybody is watching the moon landing. It's the most important event in human history, and the president doesn't show up. After they got away with it, he shows up for the second one. He was afraid there'd be a picture for all time of him shaking the hand of Neil Armstrong with a big smile on his face and it later coming out that he faked the whole thing. He didn't, you know, trying to literally distance himself. I mean, and then he has the audacity. Get this, William. He has the audacity when he knows it's fake to say putting a man on the moon is the greatest event since creation. Wow, that is bold. That's very bold. Wow. And he also did the the fake phone call, right? Supposedly got on the horn and talked to them while they were on the moon with I mean, with technology and there was no delay, right? Like that. Well, actually, kind of yeah, they had, they had uh 250,000 miles of cable. That's how they was. Oh, that's through. right, right. Yeah. Did a cable <laughs> thing going on. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. And where have you ever seen like all these guys like uh they're ma- making Masonic hand signs and Buzz Aldrin as a Mason. Weren't all three people on the moon Masons? Um, From what I understand, every single astronaut is. They don't let oh, you wow. uh, oh. join the club unless you're in the club. You know what I mean? They won't let you participate in that. And uh, the reason why the, uh, there was no, I mean, right now, I mean, it's kind of an odd goal. I mean, they don't talk about qualifications or safety. They say we will put a black person, a woman on the moon. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, but why didn't they do that the first time? Why didn't they? Because uh, the Soviets launched the first woman. So they, I would think they would have uh, had a black astronaut or a female astronaut. You know why they didn't? 
because they couldn't find a woman or a black person to lie for them. <laughs> because back then, oh, during man. women's live and civil rights, no black man would lie to that degree. They knew better. And no woman would lie to that degree. They knew better. So all they had was white Masonic men faking the moon landing because black men and women knew better than to do something like that and wouldn't wouldn't have a, th a thing to do with it. Do you know if this picture of Warner Von Braun in Masonic regalia is true? Is that photoshopped or is that real? Do you know? I don't know. I've never mm -hmm. seen that one. Okay. Um, yeah, but the point is there is Masonic Luciferian uh, symbolism throughout the whole thing. I mean, Apollo, the Greek word means Lucifer and deceiver. I mean, they're saying it's a lie right in front of your eyes. We publish in the book uh, the original findings of Von Braun, where he says in writing, these fuel figures are irrefutable and speak for themselves that to go to the moon in a single rocket, it has to weigh 800,000 tons. Well, the Saturn V only weighed 2,500 tons. It's a difference of 30,000%. So what's that all about? And now they're saying in order to put men on the moon, they're going to have to make multiple trips of fuel to the space station and then from there take the necessary fuel because they can't lift it all in one launch. Then if they can't do it right. today with five decades more technology, how do they do it the first time? You know, today they can only they can only send a human being 250 miles into space. That's why the Artemis rocket has mannequins on it orbiting the moon because of deadly radiation. So that means they were able to travel a thousand times farther 50 years ago when all of NASA had one million to computing power cell phone. And that right. means they had greater technology in the past than they do in the future, but that's a historic and scientific impossibility. So that proves it right there. That has never happened in the history of the world, that technology was greater in the past and in the future. It just doesn't happen. The atomic bomb, like we talked about, after it exploded for the first time, just 10 years later, atomic bombs were 1,000 times more powerful. So if they could go to the moon on the first attempt with one millionth of computing power of a cell phone, we would have been on Mars 10 years later. We'd be in another solar system by now, and there'd be bases all over the moon. Even right. Elon Musk, Elon Musk wanted to land a rocket vertically to reuse it, right? And this is just right. a few years ago. Now, he had six computers all around the circumference of that rocket. So he had six million times more computing power, at least cell phones. So his computer is probably better than a cell phone. So he had, you know, 10, 100 million times more computing power than the Apollo rocket did. And six of those computers surrounding it. And you know what? The first time with all that advanced 50-year better technology, the first time he tried to land a rocket vertically, it blew up. The second time he tried, it blew up. The third time he tried, it blew up. The fourth time he tried, it blew up. The fifth time he tried, it worked. So how did they land a rocket vertically on the moon six times in a row with right. 100 million right. if you know, right. uh, I wonder about that one you see doesn't make and sense and that's why they intentionally, they intentionally destroyed all the schematics all the blueprints and all the hardware so that no one could figure this out not my opinion they say so there's a video at sabrell.com you can see for free top left button moon man video links where the astronaut admits they deliberately destroyed the technology, the blueprints that they used to go to the moon, which cost $200 billion. Now, would anyone spend $200 billion on something, developing a technology that can go to the moon and back six times and then throw it all away and burn it up? You would never do that if you really went, but you would do that if you perpetrated a fraud to cover your tracks. So the fact that they destroyed all the evidence of the moon trip is actually proof they didn't go because if you really went, you would never destroy your investment. Only if you did a fraud would you do that. Especially so that, with the kind of money they spent, right? I mean, it was an immense amount of money for that time. I mean, God knows where it all went, where it got siphoned off to or whatever. But I Yeah, mean, I mean, the first clip, you can see that one in the top left on your screen there, a still picture where I'm showing a picture. You can prove the moon landing fraud with one picture. 
in a moment, if you want to just like scan the video forward about a third or a half, right? Hold it right there or back a little bit. That's that's a picture on the moon where they're supposed to be, uh, you know, lit by the sun. And you'll see the shadow of the astronaut is going at 12 o'clock and the shadow of this rock about five feet away is going at nine o'clock. They're intersecting at 90 degrees. So move it a few seconds forward and you'll see a picture in actual sunlight of two telephone poles, also five feet apart. And you'll see that the shadows always run parallel with one another. The left is real sunlight, and on the right, they claim it as sunlight, but the shadows are intersecting at 90 degrees. That picture on the right cannot be duplicated in sunlight. It's a, it's a mathematical impossibility, which means it was electrical light, which means it's on Earth. You can prove the moon landing fraud in one picture. That can, cannot be duplicated in sunlight, which means it's electrical light, which means they're on Earth. I mean... That's all the proof you need. You can't have greater technology in the past. That's proof. We uncovered classified footage of a one-foot model of the Earth dated two days into the flight of them faking being halfway to the moon with the CIA telling them how to do it on a track of audio. That's the third proof. We have the deathbed confession. That's the fourth proof. We have them destroying all the, uh, you know, the, the hardware, which they would never do if they went. That's the fifth proof. I mean, it just goes on and on and on that there's more than enough evidence to prove it. It's, it's, it, if it weren't an emotional attachment to people who waved their flag and cried and prayed for them, people would, would accept the truth because the government is this corrupt. And that's why the government is so afraid for the truth to come out because whoever did 9-11, all those people are still dead. But this would enrage the people more because it's burned into their hearts as a good event. See, this is a positive lie. It's giving candy to, to, to a child. And it's telling them Santa Claus is real. And when it's not, I remember when I found out there was no Santa Claus, I cried and cried and cried and cried. Can you imagine the outrage when they gave them ticker tape parades, when they printed it on coins, when they gave them medals of honor for lying, that the whole thing is a lie. That's why less than two years ago, the gentleman you saw on camera in the bottom left video there on the screen, the son of the man who I witnessed the moon landing fraud, just him. Yeah, that's it. Bart is just kind of dropped off a little bit but yeah this is uh he's got so much information on his new website it's incredible so he has all of his old work too he has his old um documentary something funny happened on the way to the moon so people can check that out but yeah i've never seen some of this new stuff i mean i remember the old stuff when i read his book i read his book all the way through and you can get that you can get that through his website there's links but uh, you can see it right here on screen which is moon man the true story of a filmmaker on the CIA hit list. And, uh, his website again is S-I-B-R-E-L. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. It's S-I-B-R-E-L.com. Tons of information, tons of proof. Oh, he's gone. Maybe he'll pop back in. But uh, yeah, so got new information, new things. This is the link to the old show a year ago. Um, but yeah, there's a lot. I think Gus Grissom, this guy here on the left, this uh, family says he was murdered. It kind of makes sense. He used to go into the launcher with a lemon, like a lemon car. So you'd hang a lemon up because he knew that something was amiss, but he wasn't going along with the old program. They got incinerated. And there was all kinds of all kinds of cover-up and stuff going on. But yeah, I have a picture of uh, Buzz Aldrin, like full-on full-on Masonic symbols and hand signs and just creepy, weird gestures that don't make a lot of sense. But uh, it is an incredible story, like just the fact that they faked it. I'm going to ask him. So, oh, he's back. Here we are. Welcome back. Yeah, there we go. Technology. I was kind of just turning out. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's all good. So what's the story with Kubrick? How Was Kubrick involved or not? What's your take? Well, I suspect that he was. I mean, they had to have somebody fake the photography. And so they could either hire the general of the media department of the Pentagon and have good security, but amateur results, or 
they could hire the best filmmaker on the planet and get the short-term benefit of good-looking pictures and worry about him blabbing later, which has had to be the choice that they made. And what a coincidence, in 1968, when the fake moon landing was filmed, Stanley Kubrick was filming 2001 A Space Odyssey about going to the moon. And then uh, he insisted contractually that the last film he ever made which he died mysteriously before it was released, he insisted in the contract that it opened on a particular day. And Warner Brothers is like, well, what difference does it make? He says, well, I'm not going to sign the contract unless you agree to opening the film on that day. So like, whatever. The date was the 30th anniversary of the trip to the moon. And then in his uh, film, The Shining, you have the little red rum boy wearing a handmade, custom-made uh, sweater that says Apollo 11 <laughs> right on right, it. Right, and right. so, yeah, that's who I would have picked. And there are pictures of him with NASA personnel. And yeah, was, um, uh, Mueller, right? Mueller, I think was his name. There's a picture and, of him and Clark with Mueller, right? Yeah. And also he received special technology from NASA. It's not a secret. He wanted to do something in filmmaking that had never been done before, which is to shoot a feature film without any artificial lighting, basically sunlight and candlelight. And so in order to do that in 1972, he had to have the most technically advanced lens, which was made by NASA. Now think about it. They're faking the moon landing and they have the most advanced lens, camera lens on the planet simultaneously. <laughs> and who's the first filmmaker who gets it? a guy who's really good at faking films about going to the moon. <laughs> I mean, and he has pictures of him, you know, with NASA personnel and he has Apollo 11 on one of his characters in his film. And he's the logical choice to fake the moon landing, you know? So yeah, he probably was the one. Uh, I don't think but it I, matters in and I of think itself. Clark, yeah. But I think Arthur C. Clarke was kind of the narrator too, during the moon mission too. So there's a connection between those two Odyssey, space odyssey and the moon landing, right? Because wasn't Arthur C. Clarke the guy with the uh, microphone announcing everything? I thought he was one of them, at least. Do you? I'm not sure which microphone. I'm not sure which microphone announcing you mean. But I was at a party once uh, where Buzz Aldrin was, and by satellite, Arthur C. Clarke was a special guest back when satellite link ups were a big deal. He was in Australia or something, and uh, so they knew each other. They were buddies. And uh, at a similar a similar party to that, Buzz Aldrin told somebody who told me that he got drunk and said, hey, we really didn't go to the moon. <laughs> you know? wow. So uh, maybe they should save on the true serum budget and just give people Jack Daniels. I don't know. Well, that I've heard that this is actually an interesting you say that because I think the CIA went through all this stuff to find out how to get people to tell, tell the truth. They applied all these the drugs, scopolamine, all this, and they found out you want to take them out drinking and give them four or five drinks. So they did like all the research turned out to be that alcohol was the best uh, truth serum. People will start blabbing. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? Um, so I think it was. Here's the thing. So this is uh, Heinlein and Clark. So I, I think that they they were involved on on this like. Uh, moon landing stuff. There's Clark right there. So Clark ties to... Um, yeah, there's there's some interesting quotes from Walter Cronkite, which are on videotape, and I think I put them in a podcast once, where basically Walter Cronkite says we've been accused of wanting to control the world, and uh, we're proud of it. It's true. Wow. And so uh, someone in the military told me that Walter Cronkite was well aware of the moon landings being fake and he did cover for them all the time apparently during the last tv transmission after the rocket went up there were shadows of people walking around on live tv accidentally and he goes oh what a great and beautiful thing you know to just take people's mind off of it or wow. something and he you know did crocodile tears during the during the walk or the landing or whatever and he so was the, part of their club wow so the moon landing was july 16th 1968 is that correct well the launch was july 16th 1969 july 16th, okay. and the alleged 69. walk was four days later on the 20th the fake moon landing was filmed june 1st 2nd of, and 3rd of 1968 a year in advance because it was on I videotape see. 
and they wanted to get organized well in advance. You don't want to film the thing a week beforehand. They filmed it a year beforehand. And President Johnson actually picked the CIA code name for the project, which I published in my book. And I'll tell you, it was called Project Slam Dunk. Because when you fake the moon landing, you guarantee it success, which makes it easy, which makes it a slam dunk. We also published in the book 15 people who were there at the time, a list that President Johnson gave my source, Cyrus Eugene Akers, who was the chief of security at Cannon Air Force Base in Clovis, New Mexico, where they filmed the fake moon landing. I published that list on my book. This is 15 people who were there. And some of these people are still alive, including Buzz Aldrin, Robert Emmenager, and some other people I never even heard of. Uh, Robert Emmenager, I hadn't heard of him. He's a science fiction writer who spent his whole life saying the moon landings are real and aliens are real. So I guess aliens are just as real as the moon landing. I mean, they're really doing a psyop. They really want us to believe in aliens for some reason. So when, in fact, radio telescopes have been pointing in all directions of outer space, and in 50 years, there's not one, you know, artificial radio signal, not a single one. So right. actual wow. real, real scientists who, who know that believe that we're it. And there's a great book called Privileged Planet that outlines the math that we're it. And you can go to sabrell.com, scroll down about halfway. And I wrote an article called, Are There Really Aliens from Outer Space? And I go into great detail with multiple links to back it up why statistically we're it. According to this scientist, the likelihood of life being even here on Earth with all the things that had to happen from the molecular level to the cosmic level is so unlikely to happen by accident. It would be like winning the Powerball lottery 20 times in a row. It just couldn't happen, right? And no one yeah, I've heard the same thing. I've heard that the evolution can do, the mathematics of evolution cannot explain human life because well, no, you I have mean, to have I mean, so many random events happen over and over. Yeah, over. I mean, the time that, of the that, earth of five billion years, it's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, evolution basically <clears throat> says that a lower form of life made a higher form of life. So how can something without a brain design a brain? How can a flower and a bee, which won't survive without each other, evolve knowing of each other and the dependence thereof. I mean, how, how can two, how can two cells figure out to come together and survive and then create another being and then pop out into a, a fish that can walk on land? It's actually preposterous. It doesn't, it doesn't. Well, the reason I mean, people say there's yeah. no God, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, the reason why I, I think that people uh, say there's no God is so that there's no rules. You see, without God, there is no moral compass. You can do what you want and get away with it. And that's what they're doing. They're all the time, playing all the time. And they think it's perfectly fine because they've tricked themselves into thinking there's no God, which means there's no right or wrong. Just because you can't understand an eternal being doesn't mean it's not true. And just because you can't understand intelligent design doesn't mean it's not true. I mean, I could open the hood of my car and show it to my dog and say, hey, this is the starter. This is the alternator. In fact, William, I could spend my dog's entire life trying to explain a spark plug and it would never comprehend it. Does that mean the engine isn't designed? And look at our body anatomically. All these organs are very distinct and yet they cooperate together. I mean, that's the same as a car engine, heart, fuel pump, you know, and so the human body is hyper complex. The human beings are hyper, hyper, hyper complex. There's so many elements of the human mind and, and capacity to understand past, future plan. Yeah. And, and really uh, there's another article there at Sabrell.com above the one about um, uh, aliens. And it basically uh, goes into there was a biological study, it's coming up on 20 years old, and they basically took DNA samples from every nationality on Earth, Eskimos and Africans and Swedes and Mexicans and Americans and French. And with new DNA technology, they're able to go backwards in time down the family tree backwards in history. And they scientifically concluded less than 20 years ago that all human beings 
came from one woman, just like the Bible says. So that that freaked out scientists because that's an established fact. And so they're like, well, how can we how can we have this be true and there not be a God so that we don't have to obey laws of right or wrong? We've got to come up with something. Oh, I got one. Let's say we were made by aliens from outer space because that would still prove we came from one woman and still prove that there's no God. But they don't ask the most rudimentary question. The third grader would ask, well, if we were made by aliens, who made them? And it's interesting if uh, aliens are really fallen angels, right? And the book of Ezekiel says that Lucifer rebelled and wanted to usurp and overthrow God. He wanted to take the place of God. Then what they're really saying when they say we're made by aliens is saying we're made by fallen angels is saying we're made by Lucifer instead of God. And if you look at the World Economic Forum logo, I don't know if I have a screen share here. I just found this this week. The World Economic Forum, the one that leaders go to, and one, uh, I think, uh, defense secretary or secretary of state said, out of their own mouth, these organizations tell us what to do. They tell the world leaders what to do. See if you can find the World Economic Forum logo. It should be pretty easy. Okay. There, yeah. Just is that, that the that, one on the top? Just the half circle? I don't know. Yeah, just just type in Google World Economic Forum logo. Yeah, that one right there, the second one from the top le- left. Okay, this one. So, yeah. Now enlarge that one if you can, or Let's see if I can try and figure out. Although you can you can still see it at that degree on the screen. There you go. Okay, so. One of these guys in my first subscriber-based podcast, which is coming up, uh, God willing, the first of next month, is going to talk about the chief advisor to the World Economic Forum. And he said things more horrific than Hitler ever said multiple times. He said, Jesus is not the Messiah. And he said, don't obey the Bible. He never said there was no God. And he never said there was no Lucifer. In fact, some... Body. I don't know if you ever saw this clip on YouTube of a guy coming out of Masonic Lodge. He's like in his 70s. Either he was yes. drunk, yes. drunk or senile. And he's and someone asked him point blank, do you worship Lucifer? And he said, well, yes, we do. But you got it all wrong. Jesus is the bad guy. Lucifer is the good guy. And so look at those uh, that circle, that half circle going through those three zeros here. You see the first six and the W of world. You see the second, I mean, in the O of the world, you see, you see the six there in the O and the first row, W-O. Yes. And then the, then the O and economic has a six. And then the O and forum has a six right in front of her eyes. It says six, six, six. This is an intentionally designed logo by the people who run the world. And they're saying right out in the open, six, six, six. There was a Senate bill, Senate Bill 6666, for the contract tracing of people. Uh, The bill was written two years before COVID started. There's uh, an international patent number that starts with like, you know, world patent WP, then it goes 2020, then it goes number, number, number 060606. That's That's a patent for making cryptocurrency embedded in someone's hand. It says in Revelation 13 that people won't be able to buy or sell with the mark of the beast, which is 666 on them. And actually, that's already true. Go to, see now you're so good at there, go to Google, type in a barcode image, and I'll show you something in the barcode. Barcodes have been around since the 70s, right? Barcodes have all these numbers on there. And barcodes have, uh, yeah, click click on that but one in the bottom left of that top image. The bottom, yeah, that one there. Okay, so zoom in on that one if you can. There you go. Okay, so you see all these numbers, including, fortunately, there's a six in there, three six. Okay, so the number for the six is above the six and a little bit to the left. You see that? Right, so it's right it's a two, two, o- two or three over to the from the left. Yeah, right? but I'm talking about to know that that's a six, to verify that's a six. It's just above it and slightly to the left. It's those two black lines 
with that amount of space between it. Now, all barcodes have a long line all the way to the left that's longer. You can see that. And it has a long one in the middle. You see that. And it has a long one all the way to the right. And those are not numbered. But you can see it's identical to the one that's above and to the left of the six. So every barcode starts with the six, has a six in the middle, and ends with the six. It says he forced everyone. Forced is not worship. If someone pushes my shoulders down to worship a statue, that's against my will, and I don't think God will hold me uh, accountable for that. It says he forced everybody, rich and poor, slave and free, Revelation 13, that they could not buy or sell without a mark of 666 on it. That first line all the way to the left of the barcode is a six. The line in the middle is a six. The line at the end is a six. See, they're all the same, and it's the same as the one above and slightly to the left of the six. They don't number it because it'd be too obvious, but right, try right. to buy something without 666 on it. This has been around since the 70s. Right Now they're right. trying to put it in people's hands, and I don't even think it was intentional. Here's my theory, William, if you care. I don't think it was intentional that Bill 6666 had to do with contract tracing. And I don't think it was intentional that world patent number that ends in 060606 was intentional. I think it, quote, randomly happened that way. And God, who knows the the end from the beginning, knew that sequentially, by the time they were willing to do that, that would be the next number. You ever look at the inside of a grandfather clock? I mean, it's just, you know, mind boggling that people can come up with that and then put it in a mechanical watch, even smaller. That's our solar system. That's our universe. So one of the articles at sabrell.com above the one that says, are there really aliens from outer space? Is this one, the planet X article. Okay. So get this prior to the year 705 BC, all the calendars of all the civilizations of the world that had good astronomers, which is the Mayans, the Hebrews, the Chinese, they all had a calendar year at 360 days. That's why there's 360 days or degrees on a compass. And then after 705 BC, and after Second Kings was written in 705 BC, that talks about a shadow on a, on a steps of a sundial clock going backwards, which means the earth tilted, something happened in 705 BC that caused the earth to tilt. And immediately after 705 BC, all those calendar civilizations changed the calendar to 365 and a quarter. First of all, that means that the earth was pulled further away from the sun, right? Because it took an extra five minutes to go around because of the greater distance. So they've been releasing over the last five years or so the fact that there are probably two rogue planets for every solar system, which are planets the size of Jupiter, which just randomly float through the universe or are captured by a star and have a comet-like orbit and yet are six, seven times bigger than the Earth. So what this means was prior to 705 B.C., Every month had 30 days. There were 12 tribes of Israel, 12 months before the seasons repeated, and every month had exactly 30 days. Now, how could you argue against divine creation if every month had exactly 30 days? Like a grandfather clock, right? Right. There's no argument that, that can say that that's by accident. It won't work. So planet X comes by in 705 B.C., And it destroys the testimony of divine creation. This article goes into the fact that the world's most powerful telescope is owned by the Jesuit sect of the Vatican. It's in Arizona. One of their Jesuits on his deathbed who disavowed the criminality of the order said, this telescope is tracking an object that is going to have a significant part in the world in the end times. The name of the telescope is called the Lucifer Telescope. It's tracking, in my opinion, planet Lucifer, which is God's instrument of the end time tribulation. The book of Isaiah 
is actually about the last days as much as the book of Revelation. And Isaiah 13, 13, talking about the end times tribulation, says the earth will be moved out of its place. And that's what happened in 705 BC. And I believe that's going to happen again. I think world leaders are getting ready for it by lowering the number of people on the earth right now. So it'll be less of a shock when a solar system event happens. Janet Napolitano said her last day in office, like Eisenhower's warning, that a natural disaster was coming that had never happened in the United States. So we've had volcanoes and earthquakes, and you can't predict those years in advance. But something from coming from outer space would be natural. It's never happened in America, and you could know about it years in advance because of the geometry. You see? So I believe something like that is coming, and the world are getting ready for it. They're creating food shortages, economic collapse, submission for, quote, emergencies through this little scenario we've been going through to train us and to lower the number of people. Because if a comet or asteroid hits the Earth because of climate change, it could kill half the people on Earth in one year. So I believe they're incrementally lowering it down taking the what they consider to be the useless eaters, the elderly, the diabetic, uh, the obese, the people with heart conditions and the disabled who coincidentally were in phase one of certain medicine that came out. You see, hmm. they get it first. And right. that's an identical list to Hitler's useless eaters. So wow, it's incredible. The guy, the guy who said incredible. Jesus is not the Messiah, who worships the devil as the Messiah, you see, he never said they're one to God. Never said they're one of the devil. He just said, right. don't obey the Bible that says don't sin and don't follow righteous Jesus, follow someone else, right? And in his right. logo, it says 666, right out in the open. So the devil <clears throat> steal and destroy. And I believe that's what planet Lucifer, planet X represents, to come and kill and steal and destroy in the last days. And it destroyed the testimony of divine creation by no longer having... 12 months at 30 days each. It destroyed that. Now, of course, God let it happen, and God, in a way, may have made it happen as symbolism of the rebellion. I mean, it's called a rogue planet. Lucifer is a rogue angel. Why would a church that worships God name anything Lucifer as an honor? You see? Right, never. It would be uh, antagonistic to the entire Bible, yeah. And I think Arthur C. Clarke, he named like his new son that was supposed to come out of the solar system, Lucifer, too. So there's like weird things happening in the sky. That's predicted in the Bible, as you mentioned. It's amazing that liars will believe lies, and they will. They just don't know that snakes eat their children. And Lucifer will kill his second in command to live one more second before he's thrown into the lake of fire. So people Yeah, they say that would... Deceivers and being deceived, deception and being deceived would be in the last That's days. That's right. Too, so. And uh, what good is it to gain the whole world and forfeit your soul? So atheists out there, just consider this this thought. What if you're wrong? What if there is an eternal God, even though you don't understand it? And what if there is a way to live forever if you renounce corruption and confess it? Are you willing to take that chance when eternal life is everything or nothing if you get it or don't get it, you see? So things don't make themselves. And uh, having an exact uh, 12, 30-day months, which we originally had, it's a historic fact, that doesn't happen by accident, you see? And no, why, are the, why are the world leaders worshiping Lucifer that much, even if you disagree with them, even if you disagree with them, it means Lucifer is real. What does that mean? It means there's an angelic realm. Right. And that's it confirms I, the Bible. That's why they can never, never attest to that publicly, because it, it affirms the eschatology of the book, right? Yeah, and it's not a flattering book. I mean, everybody in there screws up in some major way. Uh, so if it were being you know written by men, they wouldn't put all the grievous sins that the that the godly leaders did in the process of becoming godly. And it's just pretty simple. It says, you know, don't kill people and don't lie 
And if you confess your sin and do your best not to do those things, God will wipe away all the times you failed and you'll be able to enter eternal life. And if you refuse to do that, you'll be thrown away, burned up, not tortured forever, because the scripture that everyone quotes is that you'll either believe, and of course the Bible says believing is obeying, that, that you may have eternal life so that you will not perish. So when something perishes, they're not in jail being tortured, they just don't exist. So eternal life uh, is only for the redeemed. Otherwise, you'd be in hell having eternal life. It's just not as pleasant of surroundings. No, you're either dead forever or alive forever after judgment. And if you don't make it, uh, that's a problem. Uh, there's a character in Futurama, Bender, when he found out he uh, didn't have a removable memory cartridge that if he stopped working, that would be it. He said, anything less than immortality is a complete waste of time. And that's true. We, if we don't make it into the next life successfully by taking the grace, and we have to take the grace by letting go of sin, then we're a failure. What good is it to gain the whole world and forfeit your soul? Because these people running the world, they have gained the whole world, but have forfeited their soul. Amen. Very true. The meek will inherit the earth. Yeah, very true. Part we are at the sixty-minute mark. Tell people about uh, where to get the book, where they can see your website again, and then talk about your subscription podcast that's coming up. Yeah, uh, the book is in audio, and I read it myself, and it's also in Kindle, and it's also in print, and it's interactive with sixteen video links, which you can see for free and get the book all at sabrell.com. If you want to subscribe to my new podcast, just scroll all the way down to the bottom, and there's a new subscriber star link. I also did a game. There's a game I made uh, called Seven, a seven-by-seven seven board with seven pieces each that have to move seven spaces every turn that's free that you can download. We just released that. And uh, so it's Sabrell, S as in Sam, I, B as in boy, R-E-L, Sabrell.com. Awesome. And some new updates, new people, acres and things like that. And really interesting conversation. Thanks again for reaching out. And the title, full title of the book is Moon Man, the true story of a filmmaker on the CIA hit list by Bart Sabrell. Thanks so much for your time. Sure, William. Take care. You too. Good luck with the podcast. Thank you.